You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. It's the OTI Podcast, myself, Colin Kelly, and we're back to recap the championship games that took place over the past weekend. Quite uh, interesting, two very, very different games, as I mentioned on Twitter, and uh, we'll be going through them in great depth in just a little moment. Obviously, the the Super Bowl now is set as the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. Hopefully, uh, I didn't say spoiler alert, but hopefully at this stage you all know who won the games. Uh, we're going to be talking about them in just a little moment, and I'm going to be joined to do that by Russ Goldman of Patriots 4th and 2. So a tough loss for the Patriots. We'll be talking through all the things that went wrong there and what the Broncos did right. And of course, we'll be talking as well about the Panthers and the Cardinals. As always, starting the show, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, obviously, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, but you already know that because you're listening in. But if you're a first-time listener, maybe you're just jumping aboard for the first time, be sure and hit that subscribe button on whichever relevant way you like to uh, listen to the show. And if you're listening to it on OvertimeIreland.com, be sure to subscribe, uh, go to the podcast page and find out which way you want to listen to it uh, regularly because two shows a week during the season probably cut back to one show a week in the off season and it's been a lot of fun lots of great guests over the past couple of weeks uh, basically over the past couple of months the whole season really and uh, more coming in the coming weeks as we get ready for the Super Bowl speaking of great guests actually a little preview towards the show that's going to be at the start of this week obviously the Pro Bowl coming up this week and as always we'll be breaking that down in great detail previewing it before it uh, not really just kidding but uh we'll be doing a show rather than looking to the words of the pro bowl who probably nobody really cares all that much about we'll be talking back back on the season we'll be doing kind of an award style show i'll be joined by patrick doherty of roto world obviously roto pat on twitter and uh, we'll be talking through some of the uh things that we thought like we'll obviously do mvps and best players at certain positions but any uh, interesting awards that you can think up that it would be a little bit of fun to talk about on the show hit me up on twitter at overtime ireland and uh, we'll use the best of those in the awards section of that that'll be coming up um f- probably friday of this week so um looking forward to that one so that's later in the week but right now let's get into the the recap for the weekend's games and uh, let's get russ goldman on the show let's recap this weekend's nfl action it's the oti weekend roundup once again, it's with great pleasure that I uh, invite our pal Russ Goldman back onto the show from Patriots 4th and 2. And Russ, we scheduled this prior to uh, the games taking place this weekend. I did uh, have some back and forth chat with you on Twitter about how we thought the game would go. I thought it was going to be a tough one to call and I thought with uh, how the Patriots played last week, I thought we probably would have you on uh, under more uh, exciting circumstances for Patriots fans. But you've been a, a good sport and you've come on. Uh, I know a lot of people might have said, oh, screw this, I'm, I'm not coming on. But uh, we have you on to talk about the games. Listen, I'm, I'm happy to come on. This is uh, one of the favorite shows that I do, Calm. I, I, I enjoy talking uh, NFL with you. It, it is an unfortunate morning for me. <laughs> But I'm happy to come on and, and talk about why the Patriots lost, why Denver won, and of course the other game as well. Let's get right to it. Yeah, so obviously we're talking about the, the Denver Broncos, New England Patriots. This game taking place in Denver. The the Broncos won in the end by two points, 22-18. It got very, very close in the end. The Broncos, you know, keeping it uh, in the lead really the whole way through. And we had a Guskowski missed an extra point uh, to give them that lead kind of from the first quarter onwards. But in the end, the Broncos' defense is the key story here. Von Miller with an absolutely outstanding game. Uh, then coming into the fourth quarter, uh, 
uh, where starting to have a real impact. It was going into this game, and we talked about it on Twitter privately. It was talking about uh, you know the way Phillips changes up his defense that he doesn't really change it. He sticks with the same plan throughout, and uh, Brady's had a very good record against him over the years. But in this one, he uh, was able to get pressure to Brady, confuse Brady, and although Brady was uh, going with the quick passing game that they have used, uh, they used it again last week against the Chiefs. It just was uh, tough this week for him. It was, and uh, this is where I have to give credit to Wade Phillips and uh, and the Denver Broncos coaching staff, and of course the defense as well. That uh, I I was going on form. Yeah. Wade Phillips doesn't normally change things up. He just usually does what he does, and he did what you have to do against the Patriots. Uh, there is a formula. You need to change things up. You need to get after Tom Brady if you can do both and confuse him in the secondary. Uh, you are going to have results. That's what you saw here. It, it, this wasn't just about everyone's focusing on the pressure. Yeah. It's a combination. It, it's it, If you watched it closely, he actually had a few seconds to throw the ball, but there was no one open. Yeah, they it's held that, it the back end. It's that split second that made all the difference in the world and makes that pass rush look even more dominating. It was it was the combination of, of the two. I want to give credit to the def- defensive line, and everyone here is focusing on that. But what they're not focusing on is uh, is how the Patriots got out coached, and and no one wants to hear that. But I'm here to tell you that it, that uh, Denver beat the Patriots in all phases of the game and coaching. It was it was a complete domination of one team over another. I didn't see that happening. Partially, I was feeling confident because of the coaching battle, yep. and this is one that I have to give credit to um, to Wade Phillips, to Gary Kubiak. They had they had very good game plans, and they outcoached Bill Belichick and his staff, and and their players executed. This was a game about execution. One team executed very well against another. The the one thing that I do want to say about the Patriots. That uh, that makes me feel good as a Patriots fan. They they fought to the bitter end. They yeah. they never gave up. And uh, there there were times where where you could have said, well, the game is over. And 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 they refused to let that be. They kept coming and kept coming to the very end. So so as a fan, I'm proud of the effort. You, you, I can't fault the effort, but just sometimes one team's better than the other, and, and this is one of those games. Yeah, I thought all around the Broncos had a, a really, really strong performance defensively. I did think that uh, the Patriots would probably exploit that. I did pick the Broncos on the, the preview show. It was just a, a gut feeling. I just had a, a feeling this one could go their way. With, uh, I thought there was going to be a big game from the defense, but I've never seen uh, Brady, I don't think, under as much pressure throughout the game. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback get the ball, throw, like be able to throw the ball away rather than take a sack on I would say maybe eight or nine occasions just off the top of my head where it looked like it was going to be a sack to Brady and he just managed to get the ball away and it was an incomplete pass instead so he was uh, really under pressure right but as you mentioned holding up on the back end the coverage holding up give the defense uh, just a, or the, the front line just a little bit extra time to get there you mentioned the coaching side of it as well um, I you know I said this to you as well I said you know you take Bill Belichick over Kubiak uh, every day of the week and probably four or five times each Sunday just uh, over the years I haven't been impressed 
Joseph Kubiak's coaching this season at times. I haven't been impressed with it, but uh, I think he got everything uh, spot on in this one. And as you mentioned, uh, executed perfectly from both sides of the ball, really. The one thing from the Denver Broncos' point of view uh, that's going to be tough for them going forward now is that they're going to be going up against the uh, Carolina Panthers. Just uh, on the Broncos going forward, um, you know, the running back situation there coming into the season, CJ Anderson was the starting running back, and Hillman's getting a lot of the lead back carries now. But again, in this game, and I've been saying it for probably five or six weeks, uh, there's a lot more explosiveness when CJ Anderson gets on the ball, gets into the game. And we've seen that, I think, two or three times in this game where he broke off long runs. Uh, are you surprised at how they're just, uh, you know, sticking with Hillman throughout all of that? Well, what's interesting, they, they did. And uh, honestly, if, if you look at this game, and uh, no one's going to really look at the Patriots' defense in this game, but yeah. the Patriots' defense, it what if. If uh, this is where I blame again the Patriots coaching staff, they were passive in the beginning of this game. And if you look at how they stopped the run, yes, they had the one run, and we're talking one run yeah. by the Denver Broncos. They shut down the Denver Broncos uh, running game. So if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I look at the blueprint that the Patriots set on the uh, on the Denver Broncos to stop the run, and uh, I think the Denver Broncos are in serious trouble moving the ball against the Carolina Panthers. We can talk about the Panthers in, in a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yes, C.J. Anderson is, an, is, a, is a back that, that is explosive, but the Patriots, you know, except for that one run, and, and, I, and I believe it was, it was third and one, so, so that does open up some holes. Beyond that, they did nothing running the ball. I think Peyton Manning had the biggest run <laughs> besides that run by Anderson. And the biggest fear for Patriots fans going in, because this is this is what we hear. We always hear how the Patriots can lose a game. So I kept hearing about about the Broncos running game. But I went back and I remembered how the Patriots stopped the run before Dante Hightower yeah, yeah. went out of the game. And him and Jamie Collins, and Jamie Collins was massive in this game. Yeah. The two of them were were and Alan Branch were fantastic at stopping the run. So there is a blueprint. If you're committed to stopping the run, C.J. Anderson is a better back. I, I agree with you, Colm. But this is a zone-blocking style. If you know how to stop it, you can stop it. You just have to be committed to it. And uh, if I'm if I'm Gary Kubiak, you know, I'm going to be really concerned about how am I going to get my running game going. And that's why he kept trying so hard to get that running game going. And look at what happened at the end of the game. They had they had three opportunities. We're talking about the Denver Broncos offense. To put the Patriots away, yeah. and they couldn't do it. They could not do it, and th- and that's a testament to the Patriots' defense that they gave Tom Brady three shots at the end of that game. They found they finally converted with a touchdown, but but the fact that they were that the Patriots' defense was stopping the run should be a concern for the Denver Broncos going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Just um, it's amazing we've actually talked for uh, almost nine minutes and we haven't mentioned much about Peyton Manning now so that you taking Oh, I'm happy to yeah. talk about Peyton Manning. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to talk about him. Let's go ahead. Yeah, the first thing I wanted to take up before Peyton Manning, just fin- finishing up on the Patriots side of things, Sure. do you, th- do you think having a more balanced running game um, you know how we have seen it go very very pass heavy it worked uh, against the yep. Chiefs this week it was a little bit tougher do you think if there was a little bit more balance in the running game it would have helped with uh, you know trying to delay the, the rush coming from the likes of Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware it's a great question there there are two things that we'll be talking about here whole off season that was one that, that we're going to talk about too is if this game was played at Gillette Stadium yeah. would they have that pass rush because part of it is that the is oxygen, it, yeah. it, 
it's well it's it's oxygen it's also it's also you know uh tom brady not having a chance to you know to hear anything yeah. you know it, it's the atmosphere and they can just tee off if the game's in foxball i don't know if, I, I know it's simplistic to say i don't know if that pass rush is ferocious as it is i mean it, it, it listen they they played a great game i can't take anything away from them but but a couple things that you just brought up the lack of a running game keeping them honest probably hurt the patriots in this game and also obviously being being in denver but but uh it it just it just isn't who they are. They're not you know they're not a running team. They were going with with their strength. I agree with you. If they could have had a, a running game, maybe that would have offset them. But um, they saw the success against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs ha- have a very good defense as well. So they went with the same. And uh, unfortunately, I knew I knew going into the game they weren't going to be able to run. And and nothing against uh, Stephen Jackson, but but uh, he looked you know he didn't have any running wings, but yeah. he also. He, he also he also looked a little old too, and and uh, it just it, it just wasn't going to to be there. They, the the player that actually disappointed me a little bit, especially in the passing game, was James White because James White was going to be my was my X factor for this game. He had some opportunities on some wheel routes and yeah, just a couple of close ones, just a couple of close ones, and I thought he would be the X factor. And people are pointing to Dion Lewis not having Dion Lewis, but but James White. Could have could have gotten it done. He didn't. So so the lack of balance there probably was a factor. Colm, I, I I agree with you there. If, if they're able to run a little bit more, yeah, it might have made a, a a slight difference. But I think that might also be taking away from the Denver defense. They they were phenomenal, and I have to give them credit. They, you know, they hit Brady. The only the only comparison I can give you, and everyone wants to go back to the Giants teams. I, I'm not even going there. I would say it's more like. <laughs> It's more like um, when the Patriots play the Jets. That's what it reminded yeah, me. Yeah, it reminded of. me of Rex Ryan. The way yeah, he, yeah, that's what that's what it reminded me of. It didn't remind me of the Giants. Everyone wants to go back to the Super Bowl in 2007. Make me want to throw up in my mouth. Excuse <laughs> me, but but for re- for for recent situations, I, I would have to go back to to those Rex Ryan Jets teams where where uh, you know even back in 2010 when he would dare the Patriots to run and at times what you would see he'd be dropping all these players in the coverage like, this was again this was this was a very good game plan by by uh, by Wade Phillips at times he only had he was only rushing three and Brady had nowhere to throw the ball and you know that that's where the credit goes to the coaching staff they, they were well prepared uh, they were at home and they took advantage of uh, Tom Brady but it it's funny you said you've never seen Tom Brady get smacked around like yeah. that. Unfortunately, I have because I watch all the <laughs> Patriots games. It just reminded me of uh, facing Rex Ryan. Yeah, because when obviously that's before the game, there was a lot of people saying that you know the the Broncos needed to go with something similar to what Rex Ryan would do because he would challenge the Patriots because it was such a big yeah. game for him each and every year. He'd be taking blitzers from off the edge. You would just you wouldn't know what was coming. Uh, safety's coming up and blitzing late on, so it was kind of like that. And then once you start to give him a little bit of doubt as to where to go with the ball, then obviously some indecision can creep in and he holds the ball that extra half a second longer. I just wanted to go up uh, the missed uh, extra point, the PAT by Guskowski. <laughs> He's been. Okay. Uh, I have to bring it up. He's been uh, so sensational, uh, basically since Vinatieri left, uh, who was also very sensational for the Patriots. He's have a, a serious run of excellent kickers between those two guys. But just missing that point early on, I know it didn't change the game plan throughout the game. But when you get down then to the end, that two point conversion they had to go for at the end. If 
you're in a situation where you're only seven down you can tie the game up and uh, maybe take it to overtime but uh what's your thoughts other than maybe just just one of those things that happens from time to time you can't really put too much on him because he's just been so good and he's won so many games for the team Come, just so you know, I, I watch every game with yeah, my yeah. wife right next to me. She's as, as rabid a Patriots fan as me. We, we turned to each other, and we, and we said, oh, no, the Patriots are in trouble. You're a shot, too. It's just shock more than anything. We, we felt that that was a bad omen. For him to miss that after all, I, I don't think he's missed an extra point in I, I don't know how long. I, yeah. I, they, Only the second they, of his career. I think it's maybe yeah. 2008 or something, or 2010 against the, the Titans was the last one he missed, the only one he had ever missed. Yeah, something crazy like that. We we had a bad feeling, and uh, it came back to bite them at the end of the game. That wasn't the reason why they lost the game. I mean, yes, they could have taken the game to overtime if uh, if he does, uh, you know, if he does convert there. But uh, but it, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, that that turned out to be a a, a pivotal a pivotal moment. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, my Patriots fourth and two co-host. Uh, we talked after the game. And I didn't want to go there talking about the extra point he did, yeah. and and he said that that uh, if Goskowski makes that extra point and we do go to overtime, he is convinced the Patriots win the game because he didn't think that Peyton Manning and the Broncos um, were going to score because he thought that, that at that point the Patriots had figured out yeah, I thought that too. Uh, how does yeah. how to stop Peyton Manning and. And he has a point. If you look at the second half, besides the run by C.J. Anderson, what did the Denver Broncos actually do in the second half? Yeah. And, uh, and that goes back to the frustrations we have as Patriots fans. For whatever reason, if you watch the beginning of the game, and, and I have to give Peyton Manning credit. We haven't really touched about Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning took advantage of a soft Patriots defense in the first half. He, he showed he could throw the ball. The Patriots, what they did for whatever reason – they were treating Peyton Manning like he was the Peyton Manning in 2003. Meaning, what you do against Peyton Manning, you don't, you don't blitz Peyton Manning. You play coverage against, you play off, you play, you know, you play soft against him because you are afraid that he's going to beat you deep. I don't know why they did this, but for whatever reason they did this, and Peyton Manning was able to move the team down the field. Somewhere in the middle of the first half, they realized, you know what? That's not going to work. And then yeah. they started doing 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 the blitzing, and you saw what happened with with Peyton Manning. He, he, he you know, and what and what's different between Manning and Brady? You saw you saw Brady trying to get the ball away. Manning would just take the sack and yeah. uh, and and lie down. And <laughs> and and listen, there are two two schools of thought here because I heard uh, Phil Sims talking about this. He he was he was applauding Peyton Manning for for uh, basically falling to the ground and, because uh, Tom Brady threw an interception trying to make a play. You know what? I would rather have Tom Brady try to make a play than fall to the ground like Peyton Manning. Yeah. Uh, that's, just, that's just me. He was, try, he was trying to make a play. Peyton Manning just went to the ground. He, he was being conservative. Peyton, uh, Peyton Manning was being conservative, and Tom Brady was actually trying to make plays for his team. It, it did cost him. He made... Two very bad interceptions. Again, these are bad omens for me. Was that with the INTs with Goskowski? And if you think about all this, Colm, from a Patriots perspective, all that happens, and the Patriots lost by two points. Yeah, that's the that's the part of this, and and this massive pass rush. All of this, they're playing in Denver, and they still had a chance to take this game to overtime. So, I you know. 
I'm not I, I, I'm not a believer in moral victories, but I can look at this and and applaud the effort by the New England Patriots not to give up and and to give them a chance to uh, to uh, to stay in this game and potentially get to overtime. Other teams, and I've seen this so many times, other teams would would turtle. Other teams would just go down, and the Patriots kept fighting. But 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 this was more about the Denver Broncos. They, as I tweeted out, they were better in all phases of the game. The only thing that that I wanted to mention about the Patriots defense is that uh, I thought that I thought in the second half they were they were they were phenomenal. They weren't as attacking. As uh, as a Denver Broncos, you know, off the edge, but they got after Peyton Manning, and uh, there was no room to run for those running backs. So, so, uh, but, but this game wasn't about Peyton Manning. It wasn't about Tom Brady. This was, this is for me was more about the two defenses and the coaching staffs, and uh, and you have to give the edge on on both ends to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and you you mentioned there as well when we were when you were talking. Just about Manning. It wasn't about him, but he has uh, managed these games well over the last couple of weeks. And I just he thought, has. Yeah. So, he has. but we didn't mention him, but we're going to mention him in a different way, I think now, because we're going to talk about uh, the Carolina Panthers and how they done. He also mentioned about <laughs> Phil Sims and the, the commentating and uh, his gate or some of the comments he's made. Sometimes I just think you have to uh, ignore some of the comments that the commentators make. I think they are <laughs> trying to just I, I have a respect for Phil Sims what he does and what he done as a player but uh, some of the stuff sometimes these guys come out with is uh, absolutely nonsensical but um, when we're talking then about the uh, Carolina Panthers they absolutely from start to finish dominated against the Arizona Cardinals 49 to 15 it finishes up just from start to finish sensational Luke Keekley finished the game off with the score and another pick six for him he had one last week against the Seahawks he had one earlier in the season against the Dallas Cowboys just a he missed three games this season as well but he's had a sensational year the the big blow for the Panthers in this one is Thomas Davis uh, broke his forearm but he says that he expects to play in the Super Bowl so I don't know what they're going to give him prior to that game but he's hoping to play in the Super Bowl with a broken arm but when you look around uh, this team how good this defense is those questions going in could they cover all the wide receivers for the Cardinals from the start of this game that was answered very very early on and Carson Palmer with a real uh, a real let's just call it a shocker a stinker uh, he played bad last week against the Packers but this week uh, the Panthers really made him pay the Packers let some balls through their hands last week but it looked at one stage like every pass he was uh, throwing he was almost trying to pick out a Carolina Panthers defensive back just uh, sensational by the Panthers Cam Newton's had an amazing season and I think he's going to end up with the MVP award uh, coming oh, sure, before yeah. the Super yeah, It was very close between him, Carson and Brady, but I think just what he done over the last four or five weeks of the season was absolutely sensational. Uh, he finishes at this point of the season with 50 combined touchdowns between rushing himself and uh, between passing. He had two rushing touchdowns in this one again. And uh, just what, with with going do- Kel- uh, Kelvin Benjamin going down in the offseason, just everything they've been able to do developing going forward the injuries they've had in the secondary with uh, Ben A. Ben Wickery and uh, Peanut Tillman as well just uh, I fear for Peyton Manning going to I know it's great for him to get to the Super Bowl but uh, maybe he, <laughs> how's his long-term health after the Super Bowl with the, the way this Panthers team's playing it's interesting uh, the Panthers defense was phenomenal but but part of this, and this is, you know, I'm going to give Peyton Manning a little credit here. Believe it or not, I'm actually going to give Peyton Manning some credit. <laughs> Peyton Manning can get the ball out much faster than, than Carson Palmer. Yeah, Carson, Palmer sure, yeah. Carson Palmer was a detriment to himself. That offense was tailor-made for the Carolina Panthers defense. Peyton Manning 
can get the ball out so much faster, like Tom Brady. Uh, that defense was after him, but but uh, I will give the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, a kudos because because I think they are uh, a, st- uh, a cut above the Carolina Panthers defense. Carolina Panthers defense is good, but I put part of this on Carson Palmer. And Carson Palmer showed me who Carson Palmer is. You know, like I said, the seven-step drop. Quarterbacks are difficult to win in this league. It's 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 feast or famine. If 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 that offensive line can hold, you're going to be okay. But if it can hold, yeah. you're in trouble. And you saw that in this game. If, you know, uh, because because it's not a sh- it's not a quick short passing game. Um, Peyton Manning can play that short passing game just like Tom Brady can. So he can offset it a little bit. Uh, but but what's interesting about looking at the Panthers and the reason why I, I would definitely favor the Panthers in this game is actually their offense. You've mentioned not having Benjamin. Forget about that. It, this offense is diverse, meaning meaning you. It, it is very difficult to stop. And part of it is part of it has to do with the philosophy of uh, of the offense. It's yeah. it, it, it's not just it's three dimensional. They can. You know, you know, Cam Newton can sit back in the pocket. He can, he can let it go. They could do, you know, they could do option stuff if they wanted to. Um, they can. I mean, there are so many ways that they can beat you with the running game. The threat of Cam Newton running opens up things uh, in the running game for themselves. Yeah. You know, uh, the the complexities of that running game is going to hurt the Denver Broncos because I think the key to this game. And the Super Bowl is going to be the ability of the Carolina Panthers to run. I think they can run on anyone, and uh, if the Denver Broncos cannot stop the run, they're gonna they're gonna have a it's gonna be a long day for them. They can get after Cam Newton, but but what's interesting is that they're not facing Tom Brady. Tom Brady is just gonna sit back there. They're gonna have to. They're not they're not gonna be able just to pin their ears back like they did against Tom Brady. They're gonna have to be concerned. That um, that that Cam Newton can get out of the pocket, and uh, I think he's gonna. I think between him and and Stewart, they're gonna run. They're gonna run wild on that on, on the uh, Denver Broncos uh, defense. I think that's where the game's gonna be won. Yeah, I they think, are, they are uh, they're sensational, and you know you mentioned they're three dimensional. Well, you know they've yes. uh, that their pass or the actual rushing touchdown by Ted Ginn in the first half. Uh, I think it was in the first quarter. They've been setting yeah. that play up. I think for the last three or four games. I've been watching the Panthers very closely all season, but they have been doing that option play where the, usually oh, they hand crazy. it off or Cam keeps it. But this time Cam <laughs> pretended to rush to the outside and flicked it outside to, to Ginn. And although Ginn should have been tackled a long way before the end zone, the, the you know the play by the, the defensive side of the ball for the Cardinals had left a lot to be desired. But you know they've been setting up plays like that and. There's just so many ways they can go, and it's very hard to prepare when you have some teams that are so well balanced, and they're actually they're more run heavy than pass. So then, when they do yeah. the play action, they can take those they have deep deep shots to players like Philly Brown and uh, as well Ted Ginn because yeah yeah well he can do anything yeah. over the middle, and then you have the deep yeah. shots as well. So it's going to be a phenomenal game, and I just think that 
this Panthers team. They're playing so relaxed. They're so confident. Just like Cam's just playing as if he's just out in the out in the backyard playing a game of football and he's not too concerned. He's as happy as he can be. So I just find it very hard to see any way that this Panthers team doesn't go on now to win the Super Bowl. They have uh, in their last six home games to show the dominance at home. I know last week they nearly blew it. There's been a couple of games where they nearly blew leads. The last six home games in a row, they have been at least 17 points up at halftime in the last six at home. Um, you know, they have 13 wins in a row at home. They won 15-1 and one in the regular season, two wins in the postseason, Finished last season, I think, with a, a four or five game one in streak. So they've lost basically one game in the last kind of maybe nearly eighteen months at this point. So they've just been phenomenal, and they're they're going to go in with so much confidence. And I I can't see this team being you know you, you worry about teams getting tight, teams being you know a little bit uh, worried about the the event that's taking place. I think this Carolina Panthers team is going to be sensational. The one thing I was disappointed in the uh, Cardinal side of the ball after beating the Packers last week, I would have loved to see Larry Fitzgerald get a, an opportunity to win that ring that he hasn't got in his yeah. career, but um. I'd say that this match was was a mismatch from the start, and the, the Panthers uh, absolutely ran right. Oh, absolutely! You know, listen, I'm here. I am in in New England. You know, coming off this disappointing loss, and then I turn on this game and I'm thinking, I just want a competitive football game. <laughs> and 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 calm this. You know, you're 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 in Australia right now, yeah. and this game was not competitive no. at all. I Certainly mean, let's be all. honest here. This this wasn't competitive. But it's, still, it's fun to watch this Panthers team. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. The only thing, listen, this is just my personal preference. Yeah. I actually, you know, uh, Cam Newton and the Panthers, they're fun on, in one aspect because I actually, I, I think they're fun to watch them play. I don't like their attitude. No. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't like cocky teams. They're okay. cocky. They're arrogant. I don't like arrogant football teams. I, it's just me because, again, uh, I'm, I'm a New England Patriots fan. It's all. You know, it's more like humble pie. We don't, you know, we don't like teams that that self promote. Yeah. And I don't like teams that self promote. I I think Cam Newton's a phenomenal quarterback. I don't think he needs everything else that goes with that. So here's my thing on this: if they go in this game thinking that they could walk on the Denver Broncos, there could be an upset here. Yeah, that's true. Too. If they if they prepare correctly, and they are even keeled, and they go in this, and they and they go in with the attitude that they have to respect their opponent, that they're not going to just walk through this, then they should win this game. But my only fear for, for the Carolina Panthers, this is my only fear because they are the better team. This is going to sound crazy, but I think they could be outcoached in this game, outprepared, and, and attitude and mindset could really creep in here because the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, for all that I – for all that I think about Wade Phillips and Gary Kubiak, he, both of those guys will have their team prepared, and they will be ready to play. They will, they'll be prepared to win this game. This isn't, this isn't like the old that that coaching staff that that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. It, it's not. This is a different coaching staff. This team will be well prepared, and they'll. This isn't John Fox. This is you know. Yeah. I have to give credit to Kubiak. And uh, and Wade Phillips, they've been there. John Fox was there too, but but uh, I think they'll be prepared for this team. And the only thing that could really hurt the Panthers is is overconfidence, attitude. And uh, if they're overconfident going in this game, they're going to lose. I, I'm I'm telling you, if they believe their own hype going into this, that's where this could hurt them, because everyone's going to pick them, Colm. Everyone's uh, going to pick them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and if they buy into that. This is where 
this is where if the Patriots went to the game, I would actually feel that the Patriots have, have a decent chance to win because they beat teams like this. They beat teams that are overconfident, that have this mindset that, that they're unbeatable. And uh, if the Broncos have a good game plan, if they play within themselves and don't, and, uh, and don't go into this game overconfident, I don't think they're going to because everyone's going to be picking the Panthers. You know, attitude ha- has a great deal to do in, in some of these games. And, and uh, if you believe your own hype, sometimes it could come back to bite you. I've seen it over the years. You know, I could talk about all those Pittsburgh Steelers teams yeah. that played the Patriots that, that came in so overconfident and, and the Patriots, Patriots just punched them in the mouth and beat them. And uh, and I'm telling you, Cam Newton and his teammates, keep it in check. Have some <laughs> humble pie. Go into this game. Do not talk before this game because you're because it's a mindset, Colm. The only th- the I see the only the, 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 the only way the Denver Broncos win this game is if the Carolina Panthers beat themselves, and they can. So they need to have the mindset, respect their opponent, because if they don't, they're going to lose. Yeah, it's a good point. And um, the, another key you mentioned there, you know, underdogs and people overlooking teams. It's basically been the underdog that's won kind of the last five or six Super Bowls. And uh, that's right. A key here for the Denver Broncos going into this game is not to start the game with a, a safety uh, on the opening play. That might help them in this one as well. You remember back to the Seahawks yep. game two years ago. But uh, we'll leave it on that there note. And uh, it's been a lot of fun talking. Thanks for coming on, obviously, to talk about the the Patriots game. You always have a level-headed perspective on the New England <laughs> Patriots, and uh, it's good to get that again obviously you're on twitter russ is at russ underscore goldman you have your own podcast yep. as well the patriots fourth and two just with the patriots fourth and two you're always better at plugging it than me uh, and anything else that you've got coming up in the off season um after the super bowl obviously if you're keeping that running uh, throughout the draft season I, i'm unsure of that but you can fill the listeners in and all that now yeah uh well it's funny because patriots fourth and two is a show that we do once a week and yep. uh, moving forward we're we're discussing about expanding it because one of the things that I've done with one of my other shows about a, about a different sport is I've done multiple shows during the week instead of instead of just doing one show a week uh, I do I do a coaching show I do all different types of shows yep. so what we're talking about next year with Patriots 4th and 2 is uh, is possibly doing a film breakdown show meaning that after the Patriots game one of my co-hosts he he looks at the uh, the uh, all all um, all twenty twos yep. and he he breaks it down. He did, we've never done a show with him looking at it that way, but we're discussing doing that after Patriots games because you see so much. Say two days after that, when you yeah, look yep. at the film, so we're considering doing a film breakdown show, which I think could be fascinating. Like I yeah, said, I do that. Yeah, I do that with my with my other show. It's interesting to look at. To do a podcast, to look at the game in a different way. So what what we're considering doing is to basically doing a report card on the Patriots, but do it afterwards at after each game, breaking down all the units after after my co-host has looked at the film. And uh, I I think that'll be a different way of doing a show. We you know again right now we do a we do a like a you know we do a review of the game, then we preview. The upcoming game, but we want to do things a little bit differently. So, so that's how we're looking at 
expanding Patriots fourth and two moving forward. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, look forward to listening to some of that in the off season because although uh, I'm a Packers fan, I do like to get as much information as I can from all teams around the league. Helps me on the show and uh, just helps with your, my knowledge of the game overall. So it's uh, it's been yep. good talking to you again, Russ. Uh, we left it too long since the last time we done it, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get it to do it again very very soon. But thanks as always. Colm, anytime you, you want to talk to me, you know I'm willing to talk to you and DJ. And please send some some my sincere thoughts to DJ. I know he's probably having a hard time <laughs> yeah, right now. Condolences so. going his way. Condolences, <laughs> condolences to DJ. And, and uh, DJ, if you're listening, just so you know, uh, Tom Brady's not done, and uh, the drive for five begins now. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. Thanks once again to Russ. Do give him a follow on Twitter. It's at Russ underscore Goldman. Of course, his Patriots 4th and 2 podcast that he mentioned there as well. All Patriots fans out there, you should be following already. If you're not, uh, get aboard that now. I can remember back, as I mentioned with him, I remember back to this weekend last season after that Seahawks game for the Green Bay Packers. One of the toughest losses that I've ever felt. Uh, just a, a crushing, crushing defeat. So many things had to go wrong in that game for the Packers and uh, so obviously any of the teams out there like the Cardinals, like the Patriots I obviously uh, have a sense of sympathy for you after the feeling last year that crushing loss um, this week, a lot of you following on Twitter would have seen was down at the Australian Open Tennis was uh, a very uh, cool experience, Andy Murray playing in that one, he won, uh, he's actually won another game since, so he's on the he's on the roll here in the Australian Open but and first time I've been at the tennis was a lot of fun watching it and some amazing shots uh, great athletes all the guys involved in that tournament but uh, Andy Murray world number two at the moment uh, playing exceptional stuff mentioned at the start of the show we'll be joined by Patrick Doherty of Roto World and NBC Sports uh, later this week doing a recap kind of show of the season awards who's our MVPs and we're looking for some other categories as well if you have any interesting categories you think would be good listening to uh, hear us break down even if they're really really silly even if they're really really uh, well thought out send them all our way at Overtime Ireland on Twitter and uh, I'll use the best ones on that show coming up later in the week it should be a good one to listen into we'll also be setting up our shows for next week previewing the Super Bowl hopefully get a few uh, ex NFL players maybe on board the show hopefully maybe a Super Bowl winner or two to preview the games and uh, break down the key matchups so that there will all be coming up next week make sure to continue to spread the word on social media of at Overtime Ireland and uh, OTI podcast because uh, it's been a been a great run this season and hopefully we can continue it into the off season quick shout out as well while we're doing it to our pal Stevie Howling, uh, a lot of you'll know him on Twitter, big, big Jaguars fan and um, biggest Jaguars fan I know in Ireland anyway, was over at a couple of games this season, but he's setting us up with a new logo for OTI and uh, it should be unveiled very, very shortly, some very, very interesting ideas and uh, I like the look of a number of them, so we're going to try and break it down, see which one we'll go with, but I uh, just thought I'd give him a quick shout out to end the show and next week... So many shout-outs going on. We're going to be working with Football America UK. We're going to have a prize with them for the Super Bowl coming up. Um, a great, great prize. So stay tuned as well to the show and to the Twitter feed for that information. So until I'm back later in the week with that show with Patrick Doherty, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.